Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices News Talk Program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. We have a tremendous Reasonable Voice today, Tipa Snow, who is the dementia care expert, a registered occupational therapist, and one of America's leading educators on dementia. Tipa Snow, that's T-E-E-P-A Snow, teaches care strategies and techniques based on the changes that happen with dementia. TIPA's training betters the lives of people with dementia and their caregivers by sharing what she has learned over 30-plus years and fine-tuning ways such as role-playing and demonstrations on video and in person to engage the audience. You are entertained as well as educated. I think that's fair to say. Good afternoon. How are you today, TIPA? I am in great shape, and I am glad to be here and back with you. I'm not sure about the expert part, but I'll do the best I can with what I know. Well, as one who who was a primary caregiver for two parents with dementia for 12 years, all I can say, as I often say about Tipa, even when we're not on radio, is that I wish I had met her or seen uh, some of her videos, you know, before I needed yeah. it. And that's yeah. what I tell everyone. Find out. What you need to know before you need to know it. How's that, Deepa? And, yeah, and I think that's one of the most important messages that if I could share anything, that would be it. Don't wait. Don't wait until you're in the middle of a crisis when you're trying to find something to help you out because you won't be able to think or listen or figure it out. You know everyone likes to procrastinate, but in yeah. your opinion, how essential is it that we learn as much as we can about dementia and uh, Alzheimer's and the various mental illnesses that are challenging us, it seems, more and more. What do we need to know and why do we need to know it as soon as possible? Okay, so uh, three reasons. Number one, if you don't know what you're looking at, you make assumptions. And humans tend to see things as threatening. If we can't understand it, we don't get why it's happening. We're much more into a threat mode. And when we feel threatened, 
we are going to fright, flight, fight. We'll also want to hide or we'll be in seek mode. But when we're seeking, we're desperately seeking. So we miss a lot of what's available. Mm. So the first thing is, if you don't have advance notice, you're much more likely to feel threatened by what's happening, even though what's happening isn't really a direct threat. Mm. It may be uncomfortable. It may be unusual, it may make you think, but the closer it is to home, the more you feel threatened because it's like, I don't want this, I don't like this, I don't need this business. So getting informed so that you're not surprised turns out to be pretty important so your brain works better. Yes. Yeah, the second reason it's really important is dementia is basically everywhere. And so are mental health conditions. This is not a time and a place where we lock people up if they aren't right. We put people away. We have a system for, uh, first of all, noticing when somebody's changing and then figuring out, well, they can't be with us. Mm. It's very rare that we want to do something like that. That's, you know, that's really for criminal behavior, Mm. not for, I can't think things through anymore. I can't find my way anymore. I don't know what you're saying to me. I don't understand why you're doing that. I mean, those are questions that people when they start to have brain changes, will often have Mm -hmm. about other people. But if we know like the basics of what to notice and what to do, then we're much less likely to to think, well, they they can't be here. They've got to be put somewhere. And it's like, well, that's not possible. I mean, Mm -hmm. the numbers, the sheer numbers of people as the baby boomers are hitting 65 and as more younger people are struggling with lots of issues. Yes. And we're living longer. I mean, we're just basically living longer. So, you know, we're going to run into it everywhere. So there's no safe place. There's no hiding place down here. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to acknowledge, you know, build some skills, build some awareness just in case. Because you may get lucky, you may not. Yes, that's true. And, you know, since we, I don't know what you said, actually, that made me think of this, except I have gone to a conferences involving city council people and so forth, but your kind of training models for not only caregivers who are living with a patient with Alzheimer's, but also for professional caregivers. And I wonder, I'm going to throw this out. What are we doing for law enforcement? Because traditionally, okay, you take it, go. (laughs) Yeah, law enforcement, first responders, EMS. Because those folks are often confronted with someone who's not behaving like you would expect them to behave. And unfortunately, that's a high-risk situation for both parties. So the more they could recognize, huh, I wonder if what I'm looking at, I mean, somebody, let's give an example of, someone's urinating on the street. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it somebody who's drunk and is inebriated and they, you know, they're not thinking straight? Is it somebody who's lost and finally desperately couldn't find a place to go and is going? Is it somebody who's on drugs? Is it someone who's um, potentially a risk to themselves or someone else? Well, they get some training, but the training they get, crisis prevention kind of stuff, they, mm-hmm. they do recognize crisis. But with dementia, um, somebody could have a profile of not being able to pick up on language, not being able to pick up on a request, mm. not being able to pick up on a law enforcement officer. And so your their reaction might seem like they're coming towards you because they finally recognize, oh, look, somebody who can help me. Mm. And the officer is saying, stop, halt, don't come closer. But if the person is desperately excited to find somebody who helps them, mm. they're not going to listen. 
And so it can result in tragedy. So we are working on that. But I would say, can I say drop in the bucket? Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it's not a priority, but it is a very common scenario with driving, with disagreements, with arguments in a home, with issues at the post office, with issues at the grocery store, Walmart. Um, yes. People could appear to be shoplifting. And what they have is an inability to process all this and they're living alone. Yes, yes. You know, I'm so glad, I've said it before, but I'm so glad you're back on the show because so many things, it's been quite a few years now since my parents have gone, but as we talk and and as I attend events and and talk to people who are trying to understand what we need to do because we've been so locked in denial for so long. I mean, even, you know, my, my profession is a director. I walk into a situation, whether I'm casting someone, so I have to look at them, perceive what, what are they like, how are they played a role, etc. Well, I, I, I knew how to put people together in large numbers even, but it together to produce a desired result. And I Ta-da. thought, uh, yeah, exactly. You know where I'm going. I thought, you know, when I got the call from an aunt, I could just come down from New York and uh-huh. um, and uh, fix all of that, you know. You sure enough do. Uh, I mean, at first you're thinking, I organize people. I can do this. Yes. And all the players keep changing on you. Exactly. Uh, and, and people don't seem to stay in role. It's <laughs> just like, well, what's going on here? And everybody's frustrated with other people. And at that moment, being able to look in the mirror at yourself and going, Oh, I'm, they're not the only people changing, so that's am I. Right. So that's <laughs> right. And I had to do more directing of family and friends that came to visit than I did. Oh, uh, my heavens, yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell us your experience with that. What do you yeah. What do you give us for that? So some of the people who care the most uh, want the person to be how they've always been. Mm. And so their strategy for doing that is informing the person of what's changed about them. Mm. So if I tell you what I don't like about who you are now and I inform you of how you used to be, then if you like me, love me or or care about me, you will try your best to be who you used to be. Mm. And what I'm missing is you're already doing that. Yes. And. And unfortunately, that's the best you can do right now. So I either let go, and and I use a fist, like clench your hand. Mm -hmm. I let go of what, now open your hand. Well, there's nothing there. That part's gone. Mm -hmm. So I have to be willing to let go of what I can't have. Now you have an open hand, and you offer it to the person out there and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got so angry. I'm sorry I made you angry. I'm sorry this has happened. This is really hard. And we build a new relationship, but I got to let go of what I can't have. And so I spend a significant amount of time helping the helpers wrap their head around. So tell me how you looked when you talked to her this morning. Mm, mm-hmm. Excellent. Oh, Excellent. Well, I probably looked angry. How did you sound? I sounded angry. So what did she do? Oh, well, I guess she got angry back. Mm. Oh, so I wonder what would happen if you change that. You know, how could you prepare yourself to ask less and be more present? You know, if she says, I don't understand why this is happening. Maybe the first step might be to say, you're not sure why this is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure either, mm-hmm. but it sure doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just reflect. It's called reflecting. Yes. Because once we acknowledge something's changed, that's the first step in changing. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, for so, for a, quite some time, even even as we hired uh, professional help <laughs> to come in. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm not surprising you with anything, and I love that. That's why you're on the show. But you know, I had to remind the caregivers themselves. I mean, this these were live-ins, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Uh, that uh, this changes every day. And well, it changes every minute. Yeah. It changes in five, five seconds. I mean, the thing about dementia that's so unique and so frustrating for people is I can do it, and then I simply can't. Mm. I, I, you know, like within two minutes, it's like I'm different because I used up the chemistry by doing it, mm. and now I don't have any chemistry left. I still have structures, but there's no chemistry to make the structures work. And then a half hour later, I'm back to where I was before, and it's like, and if you put me in front of somebody that, quote unquote, is new and different, mm-hmm. it's like you turned on Chatty Cathy. Yes. And it's like, holy moly, why is she being like this with people she doesn't even know? And she won't even say hey to me. And it's like, well, because I know you, you're not exciting and interesting. <laughs> they look different. They sound different. And my brain gets excited. And I say and do things I can't do because you're boring. You <laughs> know, we, we had a... Um, one uh, caregiver in particular, the last, as a matter of fact, for us, who was with us for years, she looked so different from what mom was used to that uh-huh. I remember mom was so troubled and I had to caution her, don't get too close, not to interface so much, speak Thank softly you. at first until she gets to know you. And I'll tell you, they became, they became the best, the best yeah. of friends all the way yeah. to the end. It was something. It was something. Yeah, so you prepared her. And that's one of the tricks is when someone's seeing something new and different, if they get engaged and they're excited by new and different, that's really different than when I look at new and different and I go, I don't know you, why are you in my house? Mm -hmm. Then our cue needs to be picking up on their distress state or their excitement state Mm -hmm. and make sure it's a good match for the situation. And if not, the person we work with is the most able so that would be the care provider in that yes, case yeah. or, the you know, the aunt who's not there as often um, because she thinks she's got it. And mm. the challenge she may provide is that she makes the local person feel horrible. And it's like, yeah, that's not serving us well either. Yeah. Because if I'm doing mom every day and you come in and you say, well, I don't see any problem. I don't know why you're having so much trouble. Yes, yes. Oh, um, you know, that <laughs> that's not helpful. To I know. Me. <laughs> I mean, it, it can have happy moments. There there was, and I probably have told you this before, there was a, when I felt my parents either were doing very well or or doing much worse, I would call in the family and say, let's get, a, get together. This may be the last opportunity they have that they will recognize and be able to communicate with you. Well, one in particular, it was a big party. Everybody came, people I, I had never seen in my life. Uh, but mom recognized them, and for the whole day, she was there. She was there. And, and then came, then came yeah. a sundowning, and she just drifted away. Uh, yep. And dad, for some reason, popped up, recognized everybody all of a sudden. He'd been silent all day, went around the room, welcomed everyone, and then sat down. Oh, that's why they were such gone. a great couple. Yes, yes. <laughs> when one needed a break, the other one picked up the ball. Exactly. And when one had the, exactly. the activity, the other one stepped back and let him shine. You know, before we go to a break, Tipa, I know we've been, I think we've been talking about a positive approach to dementia care, which yes. is what you are all about and what I certainly learn, you know, trial by fire. But um, yeah. now that I know you, yeah. I, but, um, <laughs> uh-huh. but tell me, um, 
Some a couple of specifics. Um, um, yeah. Not that we haven't been talking specifics, but tell me what right. what's a general warning and a bit of advice yeah. you want to take so, out of the commercial. Yeah. So one of the things I I, I try to get it in bite sized pieces. So my basic message is greet before you treat. Mm. So whenever you come into a situation. You need to spend a little bit of time screening and assessing for who's that human being right there in front of you right this moment. Yes. So I start off with, hi, it's Tipa. Good morning. How you doing? It's good to see you. So tell me a little bit what you've been up to lately. And I'm actually doing an assessment of language, mm. of interaction. And mm. so before I go to do something with you, when I say, good morning, it's Tipa, and they go, well, hi, sweetheart, that mm. tells me, okay. They've got who I am. Mm-hmm. And if instead uh, they go, Tipa, Tipa mm. who? Then I know, okay, we're in a different place. I need to pause here mm. and get settled in as a stranger. Mm. If I say, tell me what you've been up to, and they go, well, stuff. Mm. And normally they say, well, you know, I had breakfast. And it's like, ooh, uh, I wonder if they took their meds twice. I mm. wonder if something's going on here. I need to pay attention. I mean, it's my quick, quick assessment tool of, hmm. I need to relook. And then the second thing I'd say is always give cues, show them, and then say something. And only then when you know you've got your connection there should you ever put your hands on someone or or touch. Mm. Because humans don't like to be touched if they aren't comfortable. Mm -hmm. And one of our big mistakes is assuming that when I say, I've got something for you to, to drink here, here, take a drink. And I start to hand you the drink that you'll understand what I mean. And and when you say, well, what do you want me to do with this? Then (laughs) it's like, we'll take a drink. And you go, okay. And then they don't do it. Then our tendency is to treat them like they're incompetent and Mm. just take the drink and try to bring it up. Mm. Instead, get your own drink and bring it to your mouth and say, here, cheers. And see if that triggers the autonomic, automatic, reflexive pattern of copying. Yes, yes. So it's a positive way to get an action rather than me taking over and try to do an action to you. So it's the idea of doing with someone, not doing to someone. Absolutely. That is a very high note on which to end. I want to add something to that, but I will in the next segment. We are talking with Tipa Snow, Positive Approach to Dementia Care. She's a national expert. She's listened to internationally. She has videos all over the Internet. And she's going to be in Culpeper, Virginia, by the way. It's Wednesday, July 17th. We'll talk more about that in our next segment. Please stay with us and Tipa Snow. My grandfather I lost when I was 17. And see like the sea of purple. People have been impacted by this disease. But when it comes to... My mother had been diagnosed um, with Alzheimer's as well. In the fall, we were doing the walk to end Alzheimer's. um, And... That was the first event where I saw um, the community really come together for this one event. And um, it was raining that day, it was cold, but um, a bunch of people, there were so many people out there because they believe that this is an issue that's worth um, their time. With the Junior Alzheimer's Association, I've been honored to plan certain things that are happening in the community to make a difference in the community at a young age and we also help fight the fight against Alzheimer's. My overreaching uh, goal every day is about concern and awareness. Raising concern about the disease, awareness about the Alzheimer's Association. My mom's been gone 10 years now and I'm just feeling like I wanna be involved. Support please the Alzheimer's Association, thank you. 
Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. My guest today is Tipa Snow. She is a national expert who is listened to internationally. Tipa Snow, T-E-E-P-A, a positive approach to dementia care. And, you know, when, when Tipa and I talk about dementia, the conversation goes in many different directions because, as she said, it, dementia is everywhere, and if it isn't there already, it will it will arrive. It doesn't mean I don't think we're saying that everyone in the world is going to suffer from dementia, but no. but they're they're just well. How about some numbers? What what's what, yeah? What are, so yeah. let's do some numbers. Yeah. So our est- current estimates is at least one out of ten of us probably by age sixty five will have brain changes that are significant and are related to some form, and there's a bunch of them, some form of dementia. Mm -hmm. But by age 85, it goes up to about 50%. Now, it never goes any higher. Mm -hmm. So the good news is, if you make it to 85, roll the dice every year, you still have a 50-50 shot at being the care provider versus the person who's living with the disease. But I will say sometimes being the care support person can be so stressful, it's hard to tell the difference between having dementia on the outside and living with it on the inside in moments because it's so distressing for people without knowledge and without skill and without awareness. So that's what makes the big difference, I think. You know, and I I was so happy I didn't know the statistic that, uh, is it one in three caregivers die before the patient they're caring for? Yeah, not only do that, they struggle with their own health and well-being. And unfortunately, we also know that people who are care providers have a higher risk of developing dementia, which means it's constant stress. And if we don't learn to do something different, we're just increasing the numbers of people. We're, I mean, it's, we've got to break the cycle. Yes. That's what I'm about is breaking the cycle because it doesn't make any sense. It's just it, it's not rocket science. And I can't fix the disease, but I could sure help people not get to a place where they can't do this anymore because they're not getting the support they need. Mm-hmm. How that's do, what has to change. And and that is what, of course, your personal appearances and your videos are all about. Yeah. Because you, you, you reach out to the caregiver, the family caregiver, uh-huh. the friend caregiver, the professional caregiver. And we've talked about yeah. you know, reaching further out into, you know, first responders and and how the post office, I mean, post office. deliver mail, the groceries. How about restaurants? Restaurants I mean, was always a big uh, thing for me yeah, because yeah. they had always gone every Sunday morning yeah. breakfast at the same restaurant. And so I tried yeah. to continue that. And it did work for a while, but clearly uh, they reached a point where, the, well, the restaurant loved them, but they weren't equipped to, to deal with an episode, exactly. let's call it. So. Yeah, so if we had a simplified menu that was based on a few pictures, all of a sudden the ability to order what I like gets Mm -hmm. a lot simpler because Mm -hmm. I could look at five pictures versus a whole menu and say, oh, that looks good. And you, my partner, could say, you know what, that does look good. Last time, I'm not sure you liked it as well as it looked. How about if we, how about, oh, look at this one. What if we try this? Mm -hmm. How about, I tell you what, I'll get this one, you get that one. And if we change our minds, we can either share or you can have mine and I'll take yours. Yes. Yes. Okay. But that waitress has to understand that too. Well, we were lucky. As I said, for years before anything yeah. happened, they were there every Sunday morning. They knew all the waitresses were marvelous, yeah. but they watched yeah. as did I, of course, the demise yeah. and it was difficult for them. Yeah. But in any case, back to the water and the drinking yeah. we, that we ended with that. I just want to mention something I experienced uh not terribly long ago, 
at a public function that was specifically for people who are living with dementia, be the patient or or the, and again, I hear, I know you know where I'm going. In any case, we were there, those of us who've had some experience with it, were there to sort of help if help was needed with the audience and so forth. And a caregiver came to me with a, a clearly a woman who was disoriented. And she said, I wonder if you could get her some water. I got the water. I bring the water. And I thought she was going to drown the poor woman. And this was the caregiver. And I, it just forcing her to drink this without and doing none of the things you had said. Tell us. Yeah. And so one of the things people miss and even healthcare providers miss is that when dementia is moving into the middle and later stages, if I'm curious and being social, I am not anticipating introducing fluid mm. into talking mm-hmm. and into listening and into interacting. And so when you put the fluid in my mouth, it's like, whoa, 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 what is going on here? Yes. Because swallowing, um, swallowing a liquid particularly is one of the most challenging things we can do. The yes. only thing more complicated is swallowing something that has liquid and solid in it, which would be like a spoonful of soup. Yes. So, but when you give me something to drink and I've been talking or listening, my brain has to switch gears and go, okay, we're not doing social, we're doing drinking. Mm. And now I have to stop the other tape and start this tape, which Mm. means, okay, that liquid needs to be gathered up. It needs to be put in the center of my mouth. And then I have to get my tongue to swallow while I close all the openings except for the esophageal, the one that goes to your stomach. Mm. I've got to close the airway so I don't choke. And so that's actually fairly complicated And if I need to take a breath in the middle of it, Mm. all of a sudden what I was, (laughs) or I just hold it in my mouth because I can't figure out. And and then people try to help by saying, swallow, swallow, swallow. figure out how to do that, I do it. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's, you are describing exactly what happened. And frankly, the, the (laughs) patient I felt was not as not as unaware of her surroundings uh-huh. as she was after this water was forced on her. Then she yeah. became clearly disoriented. So yeah. I, I stepped in and I, I just, uh, I don't know, you know, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky it thing. It is. It is because, you know, clearly this is someone who has the responsibility of care, but they don't have the skills of caregiving. Yeah. And that's the challenge is that this disease has been around so long. Many people have a history of doing something. But what they've been doing is doing things to people or for people, Mm. thinking that's the best you can do. And Mm. it's like, well, if you're not willing to learn what we've learned over the last 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, then we're missing out and we're not supporting in the best possible way. Yes. And, you know, one thing back to brain changes, because you've mentioned that a couple of times, that uh, Uh how do we recognize brain changes and what are the signs and what you know what do we do whether it could, it could of course could be brain changes for us but be, before you answer that i just want to mention that when you were talking about the swallowing and you went through all the physical steps of that yeah. we take that for granted because our brain oh. is functioning but when yes. someone with dementia is not able to function those things cannot be taken for granted and they become no. A tremendous yeah. effort. Anyway, but that's what you were saying. Yeah. So, I mean, it links into what you've just asked me, which is how do you recognize brain changes? And the challenge we face is the brain is really complicated and it has so many different areas of control and mechanisms that 
are automatic mechanisms that you have to think about. And we don't realize sometimes which are which until we go to use them and they're not available. Mm. So um, it's things like the ability to use vocabulary to comprehend what someone's saying, the ability to produce language in both what I want to say, but how I want to say it. And then there's my tone of voice and the use of a question and the ability to hold on to a whole conversation and the ability to recall or remember why it is that conversation is important and going from that conversation to a task completion and then hooking that into the next thing I need to do and making decisions. So vision and, I mean, that's why we miss so many signals that something is going wrong because we ourselves have been stressed out or worn out or tired or hungry or upset. And when we get that way, our brain doesn't work as well. And so our brain says, well, everybody does that. And it's like to this degree, this frequently with this extensity. And so the important thing is to think of who that person has been and notice, are they the same or is this starting to really and we don't need to wait so long. Yes. We need to be more curious and less judgmental so we could notice things quicker and say, wow, how are you feeling? Because it seems like some things are changing for you and for us. Mm. But what do you think? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is a good time to remind people that you will be brought to us by the Piedmont Dementia Education Committee on Wednesday, July 17th from 8.15 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., Can you tell us about that? And if you don't mind, could we start with, I know hands-on care is one of the things you you talk about, but you mentioned about being careful about how soon you touch someone and how. Yeah, so the first thing is how do we communicate and how do you use your interaction to determine what kind of touch and support and care is going to be acceptable and then how do you do that in a way that's not offensive. Hmm. So if I stand right in front of you, I'm going to guess. If I were to stand right in front of you and say, okay, now we're going to take your pants off so you can go to the bathroom, Mm. I would probably get a, uh, what, Mm. (laughs) answer from you and like, who do you think you are? And yet when we're care providers, without thinking, we might say, okay, I'm going to take your pants down so you can go to the bathroom and not think anything about that statement Mm. because I'm just trying to help you. But if I haven't double-checked that you're aware that you need this level of assistance and you're okay with me providing it, Mm. then what I've just done is challenge you and I'm about to get resistance and I'm about to get a refusal and I'm about to get surprised and they're about to get surprised because I didn't check out my communication. Mm. So part of hands-on is knowing how to initiate a contact. So if I were to come to you and I'd say, well, hey there, and I offer my hand to you, There are very few people in this world that wouldn't put their hand out to me Mm -hmm. because that's a social connection. Mm -hmm. And we do that with just about anybody who doesn't look scary and awful. They don't look like they have stuff on their hand that I don't want to touch. (laughs) So if that's, you know, a few people won't, but most people will. And then once I make that connection, what we teach is slide it up and around so that you're actually palm to palm, but your fingers are free, and it's called hand under hand. Mm. And so my hand is actually under yours, and it sends me to the left, to the right-hand side of your body, and I can be there, and now we can share space and not feel like we're confronting each other. It's uh, called supportive stance. Yes. It's uh, it's just, you know, it, it, it you make it's it sound so simple, but it takes a lot of positive approach to care, of course. <sighs> it takes practice, and, and practice. it takes letting go of 
our old habits. Yes. And it takes being willing to make a mistake and learn from it. Yes. And so that's a little bit of what we're going to be doing that day is communicating and working on hands-on skills and even backing up and going, okay, whoa, what's going on today? Because you can have dementia, but you can also have delirium, which is an acute onset of something different, like mm-hmm. maybe dehydration or an infection or confusion about person because all of a sudden or I took my medicines and the wrong way and now I'm really messed up or, you know, I have something else happening in my life and it's making me not because I didn't sleep. Mm. Um, so I could be delirious, but I could also have a dementia that makes me have episodes like Lewy body disease. Yes. is an example of a dementia that has a lot of delirium in it. And then we have depression and anxiety, which are the other kind of, it's the other D, but there's an A involved, which is people who have dementia or people who are care providing can develop dementia themselves, or they could develop depression very commonly or anxiety mm. or any combo, or we could also have a mental health condition, but noticing and then knowing what to do about it Yes. Um, and managing other medical conditions as well, because Care providers are asked to do a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we make assumptions about abilities and knowledge and skill. And it's like, instead of assuming, let's assess and then let's help people. All right. Again, you're going to be at the Eastern View High School, 16332 Cyclone Way in Culpeper, Virginia. That's Wednesday, July 17th. It, that's, yeah. The doors open at 7.30 a.m., and your seminar training session is 8.15 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Anything else you want to tell us about that? How should we prepare to learn from you? Ah, the first thing I would ask everybody to think about is who could you bring with you ah. who would both learn as well as you learn, but also who can you go back and practice with if you don't bring somebody with you? Ah. So try not to come alone. I mean, we're, you're welcome to come alone, but... Realize the more you provide yourself with a partner, um, the more you'll have a partner when you need them because somebody went through this with you. All right. That's excellent. You know, and I I, I confess I wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, yeah. And we don't tend to in Debatcha, do we? We're just going to go ahead and do it our own. We're going we're gonna to lone ranger it. You know, one thing I discovered when I was going through this with my parents is that uh, music uh, uh-huh. You know, and the arts in general, although some arts can be a little too loud for some, but yep. music in particular um, seems to have such a positive effect. Do you work yeah. with that? What do you teach us about that? Yeah. So one of the things we know is the right hand side of the brain tends to be more preserved in many ways. Uh, and that means that in the language center, we keep forbidden words. Important to notice. Mm. We keep social chit chattiness, that back and forth business that may not make any sense, but we can do it. Mm. We keep the rhythm of speech. And so you can use that to notice whether things are going OK or not OK for both of us. And then we have music, poetry, prayer and counting as things that are preserved, and then automatic rhythmic movement like dancing and clapping. So what I can do with music or poetry or counting is I can bring energy up or help it come down. Mm. And we have musical histories as well. We have tightly woven music in our backgrounds, uh, childhood songs, adolescence, uh, young adulthood, songs of comfort, songs of spirit, songs of learning. So, in, for instance, do, 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 da, 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 da. Yes. Yeah, so, I'll, yeah, if I want you to exercise, boy, that'd be a good way to get going. Yes, absolutely. 
And you know, and I'm and, and I'm sure this is what you've been saying, but let's give it the phrase that I know you use: concurrent medical conditions. I, I, the one thing I had to always tell again, caregivers, that um, we're so focused, all of us, understandably, on the mental health, but there are physical yeah. things going on at the same time, and they oh. can't tell you. What do we do, no. Tiba? No, yeah. So we need to help people be. Now, if I just did that, and that's head, shoulders, knees, and toes. For those of you who didn't notice, if when I get you to do it, all of a sudden I see a lot of grimacing. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. So they are sitting still and they weren't grimacing when they move. They grimace. Mm. Wonder if the arthritis is kicking in. Yes. You know what? Why don't we try a little Tylenol before we get up and go for a walk? Because they're more likely to walk further and do better if we don't have pain in the background. Mm -hmm. huh. So now all of a sudden, again, something simple becomes my assessment tool. Yes. And it also helps somebody get moving who's been sitting that doesn't immediately pop them up out of a chair and put them in front of a walker. So, you know, knowing somebody's endurance is very low because they they have COPD or they have something, helping them prepare to sit becomes just as important as walking them down the hall and making sure I have a sitting place where they can sit and rest for a minute so they still can walk down the hall. Because yes. otherwise, what happens is the hall is off limits and they lose all mobility rather than just they need a break in the middle of mobility. I want to give an example, forgive me, Tipa, but, but how serious this can be. My brother would stop in occasionally and we would let the caregivers go for an hour. And I happened to drop by during those times. And I was there and checked to make certain everything was okay because he wasn't there on a daily basis, etc. Uh -huh. In any case, on my way out, having been there for an hour, on my way uh -huh. out of the house, he said, by the way, mom said that her leg hurt the other day. On my uh -oh. way out, ha exactly, hands on the doorknob, and thank uh -huh. goodness, I don't know what made me turn around, but I turned around and I went to my m mom, uh -oh. and I checked her legs, a little squeeze, compared the two, different oh. color, different temperature, red, yep. and I knew that that meant blood clot. Called the doctor yep. immediately, yep. and boom, she, she, was, she yep. was off to the emergency room. So Clocked. what Tipa is saying is absolutely essential. We have to pay attention to everything. And listen more than with your ears yes. um, when you're doing a screening or assessment and be willing to know that hmm, if it's not working and it did, get curious. So listen with your heart, listen with your eyes, listen. I mean, so it's really paying attention to that human being. Um, use your hand, smooth it over a body part and ah, because they may not be able to tell you or even notice where the pain is coming from. But when you stroke someone's jaw, you might pick up on an abscess. Mm -hmm. When you stroke the back of their head, you might feel a lump and you're like, oh, what's that about? Well, they got up in the middle of the night and they fell and you just found a uh, hematoma. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, it's things that we simply we assume if I say, are you OK? The person saying yes is answering the question versus chit chatting. Yes. And so my I totally miss my cue that something is happening. That's important. Mm -hmm. All right. With Wednesday, July 17th in mind, doors open at 7.30 a.m. You need to register. And I believe that can happen at www.rrc sb as in boy dot org slash tepa t e e p a 
Maybe you better repeat that. <laughs> Those E's get really messy because it's such a strange name. <laughs> yes. This is brought to you by the Piedmont Dementia Education Committee, funded in part by Virginia Geriatric Training and Education Fund of the Virginia Center on Aging. And Tipa Snow will be there with a positive approach to dementia care. And I think everyone should attend. Tipa your, bring a friend. Yes, and bring a friend, a family <laughs> member. You're going to need yes. help at some point. And as Tipa yes. pointed out, you're going to need to rehearse. Trust yes. me on that. So yes. Tipa Snow, www.teepasnow.com. But to register uh, for the event, the training session on Wednesday, July 17th in Culpeper, Virginia, it's www.rrcsb, as in boy, dot org slash T-E-E-P-A. Good job. Okay, Tipa. Anything else you want to tell us? I'm all ears. I would say thank you for doing what you do, and thanks for the outreach. So many people are going to get this when they need it and not too late. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Tipa, and always educational and entertaining and loving. Thank you so much, Tipa Snow, for being on the show and for doing what you do, and we wish you all the very best. Takes a team. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Bye now. Bye-bye. Taking care of an Alzheimer's patient is a pretty much a full-time Fifty percent of caregivers die uh, while they are caring for awareness someone. about Alzheimer's and research. Just because someone's mind is being diminished does not mean that uh, the ordinary physical things don't happen. They can uh, have a sore throat and not be able to tell you. They can have something in their eye and not be able to explain it. So you have to be aware that in every respect, life is still going on for them physically, even though you are focused on the, uh, the mental dementia, the, the person is still living a life physically and emotionally. For all those who see this video, I hope you will learn more than I ever did before you ever have to know it. That's my message. Support, please, the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you. Please call 800-272-3900. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Caregivers for America versus Trump's bully pulpit, Tough People Bluster. To survive Trump-Pence's route of American constitutional laws, caregivers of reason need become America's global healing force for global peace, Earth's revival, and both rejuvenation and survival of honest elections for government of, by, and for the people. Because Donald Trump has irrevocably proven his worldview, the real art of his deal tough people rising up against a peaceful transfer of presidential power. Although founded in the midst of treasonous revolt turned miraculously blessed revolution, America was not built by rich and powerful property owners, but by farmers, small business owners, and young adults who were the formative catalysts of our first greatest generations. 
The American Dream nightmare, however, remains confusing American one-person-one-vote exceptionalism with superiority over all who don't look like Benedict Arnold, think like Edward Rutledge, or behave like John Adams. America's ascension began its descension when our founding reigns of power were usurped by conservative wealth, for whom power is the thrill of dominating the vulnerable and the more colorful. Since, with a sense of entitlement, Europeans in search of plunder intruded on a massively beautiful true land of the free, violently conquering and lasciviously infecting its indigenous natives, people who care for global life have been increasingly ignored by invading bullies. America's half-told history is replete with violent, rougher behavior and oversimplified, short-sighted responses to the golden rule. Now, self-destructive denial is wounding those who care enough to give and those most in need of care. Rooted in the love of money instead of caring for humanity and planet, psychological clones of Martin Schirelli, CEOs of tobacco industry, and Great Recession-causing Wall Street banks, who knew what they were doing and did it anyway, two, by the way, conservatives and liberals alike, now gluttonously melt our children's future, denying climate change while institutionalizing climate injustice for profit. Nonetheless, America's caregivers come in all shapes, sizes, and colors, both gay and straight, Democrat and Republican, all having accepted hands-on responsibility to the suffering of others, knowing good people must do good things for other people, because greedy bigots won't. But are we, who are blessed with standing on the enviable side of dementia, opiate addiction, and physical challenges, caring for human beings to whom conservative Republicans, billionaires, and after birth, evangelicals are increasingly deaf and blind? Are we being drowned out by public and private executives seeding hate, derision, division, and desperation? Most Americans know our latest version of America, trumpeting Trump-Pence, is neither renewed greatness nor our finest hour, but more akin to Andrew Jackson's Indian Removal Act and the 2005 Republican 108th Congress Protection for NRA Bottom Line and Gunmakers' Immunity. Notwithstanding our Bill of Rights, particularly our abused Second Amendment, there is a difference between remembrance of history and reverence for it, and until more of us become caregivers for earth and all life upon it, we risk being buried by those worshipping at the altar of extreme drought and flooding denial. Mistakes were made, and the mission accomplished lies we tell ourselves. Wisdom is founded in listening particularly to our first caregivers, mothers, nurses, and teachers, who know the life-giving value of always listen to the children, instead of sentencing them to crippling student loan debt, income disparity, and constitutionally ensconced gender inequality. The mantle of the greatest generation, tarnished by baby boomers, has been passed to new generations, but Lady Liberty's torch, a smoldering reminder of what can happen to one brief shining moment, when left in the blood-stained clenched fists of the apathetic and self-indulgent. Allowing America to be defined by conservative gray-haired men who have failed to conserve trust, 
hope, or safe environment for those who now stand in the shadow of their palatial envying monuments to a failed past cannot be the America we bequeath our children's children. The digitally unsavvy versus device-dominated, a 60s spiritual reboot versus hypocritical religious zealots, a balanced Biden experience versus charismatic Beto's shooting star is now taking our measure. Earth needs America's continuity, but unless we define victory as more than toppling Trump-towering immorality, freedom's lessons are lost to panic-inciting mob rule. Deniers breed division in the ranks. Caregivers nurture the healing power found in the promise of older moderate liberals united with the reflection of their hungry younger selves. There is no more important caring gift than a bedside manner that saves all life on earth from our Trump Pence death rattle. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.